listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back, everybody. Monica, we didn't actually get to talk to Lloyd. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Lloyd. Maybe he's maybe, busy doing his television show. Maybe maybe he was busy doing what we were talking about doing, and that, has, that is having some good good sleep. Do you know what? I suspect he might have heard our show and thought, yep, I'm going to put that into practice right now. <laughs> uh, fantastic. We've got uh, another clue for the quiz. Yes, indeed. Okay, so who am I? The first clue was God told my husband to listen to whatever I said to him. I, I think a lot of wives got to wish that. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm just like thinking, what, why, why did we have to do this quiz question? Well, you'll see. Uh, and then the second clue is, I lied to the Lord. Okay. Mm. Are you any closer to figuring out? Well, I know a woman that lied to the Lord, but I can't see how it links with the first quiz. Oh, I'm still, I'm still stumped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see if you can beat me to the answer, and you'll get two prizes. Okay, so 1-800-324-843 is the number you need to call or send us a text on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook or you can even send us an email. In fact, we had an email come in from a listener who says, I am used, I used to sleep with my assistant's dog who is now deceased. Aww. A new way of trusting our father who is full of mercy and grace to meet my need. Love you guys. Monica, you have an infectious laugh. Love oh. it. Thanks. Yeah, there's a bit of fan mail there. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. And, you know, I used to let my dog sleep on the bed, and I know that sometimes it can be disruptive. Sometimes I'd wake up, and I'd be, like, shoved in the corner while my miniature schnauzer, small dog, would be spread out over the entire rest of the bed. I don't know how he managed to spread him out so well. But, you know, it was still actually kind of comforting having him there. Just a little warm yeah. doggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was once or twice, and I should say once or twice, that uh, our kids slept in our bed. Uh huh. But it was only once or twice. <laughs> you wake up and there's a foot, there's a foot sticking in your nose, and, <laughs> and they're just spread eagled all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, this is just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I hope you get lots of good sleep, whoever our dear listener was. That wrote yes. a beautiful email. Yeah, that was nice. With or without their doggy. So let us know uh, what your thoughts are, and we'd love to hear from you. Of course, we have our encounter with God now, and we have been talking about the two covenants, mm-hmm. the old covenant and the new covenant. So here's a yep. little bit of, here's a quiz question for you, Monica, oh. from yesterday's study. Okay. Why is the new covenant called the new covenant when... When? It was made to Eve back in the Garden of Eden and repeated to Abraham long before the Old Covenant was made to Moses. Wait a second. I thought we established that the New Covenant came in yes. at, at, the, um, at the Exodus. The Old Covenant came in at the Exodus. The Old, oh, the old, covenant, the old covenant comes in the Exodus. Yes. And then that gets done away with at the cross and then yeah. the New Covenant comes in. But you're just saying at the Garden of Eden. It came in the Garden of Eden. Yes. You got me all confused, Lyle. <laughs> I thought I had you all confused yesterday. <laughs> now I'm going to get you all confused again. Go on, go on. The covenants are not dated from when the covenant is made. The covenant is dated from when the covenant was ratified or sealed. Has ratified got to do with rats? No, it has to do with being sealed. Okay. All right. So the old covenant was sealed with the blood of a bull at the time of the Exodus. Uh-huh. The new covenant was sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ at the time of his death on Calvary. Yep. The old covenant was made before it was sealed by the blood of a bull, and the new covenant was made long before it was sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but they're dated from when they were sealed by blood. 
Okay. So the new covenant has been the covenant under which salvation has always been found. There's never been salvation in the old covenant because the old covenant is salvation by works. So it wasn't so much a chronological, these two covenants. It was more like it's always been the new covenant, but there was this little injection of the, the old covenant for a while. What you've got to look at is the Hebrew mindset. Okay. So the Hebrew mindset of that era was that, you know, it, it, let's say you buy a house, right? You're going to come to work and say, hey, I bought a house yesterday. And we're like, yeah, congratulations, you bought a house yesterday. Actually, you didn't. Yeah. The bank did. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, a Hebrew person that era would never say, I bought a house yesterday. They would say, I bought a house when they laid, made the last payment, not the first. Oh. So, for instance, when you look at the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, it's initiated by Cyrus, it's confirmed by Darius, it's finished by Artaxerxes, and the prophecy that it surrounds that particular decree dates from when it is finished or when it is completed, not from when it is started. Do you think that kind of makes more sense? It does make more sense. Mm-hmm. It's just our Western mindset that's just a bit messed up, that's all. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about the Old and New Covenant, and we found that there was no salvation in the Old Covenant because the Old Covenant was salvation by works, and there's no one who's ever going to get to heaven by works. The only person who will ever be in heaven is a person who is there by grace through faith. Amen. And the Old Testament believers knew and understood this very well. Mon, would you like to read for us mm-hmm. Psalms chapter 32? Psalms And she's flicking in her Bible pages right now. You'll find it. Psalms, roughly the middle of the Bible and spelt with a P. Don't ask me why. Psalms chapter 32. Do you know why spelt with a P? Um, To confuse people? I don't know. (laughs) English language. Psalms 32. And what verse are we after? 1 to 5. 1 to 5. This is a psalm of David, by the way. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me and my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. So how was it that David found forgiveness right there? He confessed his sins and stopped trying to hide his guilt? Yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And he received freedom from guilt and forgiveness of his sins by grace, through faith, in what Jesus had been doing. It's as simple as that. And so what you find is that there's no difference in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. Everybody is saved in exactly the same way. And the sanctuary service actually illustrates this as we're going to find out in just a moment when we look at the sin offering. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So let's consider the sin offering for a moment. Yeah, I was going to say, did you say sin offering? The sin offering. Okay. It was a sacrifice. Okay. And here's how it works. A lot of people, they look at the Old Testament and they say, well, if you sinned, you had to bring a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it was salvation by works. You had to do things to receive forgiveness. Okay. We still have to do things to receive forgiveness. You've got to ask. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you've got to accept it too. Yes. You've got to Mm -hmm. ask and you've got to accept it. The sin offering did not provide forgiveness for sin. Grace provided forgiveness for sin. The sin offering merely 
illustrated how grace worked. So it's kind of like an object lesson for yeah, exactly. people. Let me show you how we know this to be the case. Go to Leviticus chapter 4. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Third, third book, book. Of, the, of the Bible, Leviticus chapter 4. And here the Bible talks about the sin offering. So this is the sacrifice of the lamb that you bring if you sin. Okay, in verse 2 it says, Speak to the children of Israel. If anyone shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done, and she'll do anything any anything against them. And he goes on then to describe the sin offering. You know what the key word here is in this passage? It's the word ignorance. 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 If anyone sins through ignorance. So not knowingly. Yeah, you've done a sin you didn't know was a sin. You're like, later you find out, oh, that was a sin. I didn't know that was a sin. That was the wrong thing to do. Okay. I've done the wrong thing. I'm going to go and take a sin offering and offer a sin offering. So they would go and make this sin sacrifice? Yeah, well, if you think about it, if the sin offering was for every sin, you could not breed enough sheep mm-hmm. and you could have not have enough space in the temple. I mean, Moses' temple was a fairly small place mm-hmm. and there was a million people camped around it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of sin going yeah, 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 on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of sacrifices you know, that need to be done. And, and you, you know, the most, at the very most, we did the calculations on it one day, at the very most you could do about 200 sacrifices per day. Okay. And that's not going to cover the sins of a million people. Yeah, no. So this is what's significant. There is no sacrifice for a sin that you commit that is a known sin. The sacrifice was only there for a sin of ignorance. So all the sins that that sacrifices were made for in the temple, they were all sins of ignorance. They were all there. If it was a sin offering, because there are a number of different sacrifices, you got sin offering, burnt offering, you know, so forth. Um, if they, if it was a sin offering, it was for sins of ignorance. So what did they do if they like if it was like a willful, like they knew it was a naughty and they did it anyway? Exactly what we read in Psalms right there. Oh, they took it to the Lord in prayer. Exactly. You see, if God, you think about this for a moment. Because um, when you actually stop and think about it, it makes sense. Imagine if God had provided a sacrifice that you could give for committing a sin. Mm-hmm. And then you have an enemy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I want to I just, I want to kill this person. So you've got an enemy, right? Yeah. And you want to do them in. Or maybe you, just, maybe you don't want to kill them. Maybe you're not quite that violent. You, just, you want to do them <laughs> some harm. You want to teach them a thing or two. Yeah, something. you want to do this person some harm. So then what you do is you sit down and you think to yourself, can I afford this? Yeah, I've got plenty of sheep. I can afford it. I'll go kill the guy. Oh, I see. You see the problem? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's got nothing to do with the heart. Mm -hmm. Now, God wanted to illustrate how Jesus was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And so he wanted there to be a sin offering so he could illustrate that, but he could not provide that for known sin because then people could simply calculate how much is it going to cost me to sin? Can I afford to do it or not? Yeah, I can afford to do it, so therefore I will. And it ceases to be a heart issue. It would actually make the cost of sin quite cheap. Oh, very cheap. Yeah, yeah, compared to what you actually think it is, you know, it's yeah. the death of the Christ. That's right. It's a lot a lot cheaper just to kill a dove or a sheep or a goat or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It would become an indulgence. Okay. And an indulgence, that's what the Great Reformation of the 16th century started over uh, when the Roman Catholic Church started selling for money forgiveness of sins. You could go and buy, if you wanted to go and, and commit a sin, if you wanted, had an enemy and you wanted to... Um, to beat him up, then uh, you could go and buy forgiveness for that sin. There's a very famous story because there was a German monk by the name of Tetzel, 
and he was traveling through Germany selling forgiveness for sins. Oh, you, you no. buy a certificate. You buy a certificate. You see, my sins have been forgiven. Yes, you buy a certificate. Monk. And there was a night, not a dark night, a night in shining armor night. Mm-hmm. Comes to Tetzel this one day. He's like, "Hey, I'd like to uh, buy forgiveness for a sin." And Tetzel's like, "Okay, what sin did you commit?" He's like, "I haven't committed it yet, but this is what I want to do. Is I've got an enemy, I want to beat him up, and I want to steal some of his stuff." And so Tetzel's like, "Okay, that'll cost you X amount of dollars and or money, whatever they were using in Germany back then. What do they use in Germany?" Now they use the euro, but they used to use a Deutschmark. There you go. Um, and so they, uh, you know, figured out how much it would cost. And so he bought and he paid for a certificate so he could go and get revenge on his enemy. Preemptive sinning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, preemptive sinning. So he's got his certificate. He's now free to go and um, he's, got, he's allowed to beat his enemy up and he's allowed to steal some of his stuff. Three weeks later, Tetzel leaves that town. He's heading to the next town. As he's traveling through a dark part of the woods, uh-huh. the bush, the knight turns up, beats Tetzel up and steals his money chest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. He <laughs> ah, went to court and it got thrown out because he was like, hey, if God's already forgiven me, how can you hold it against me? <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah. Did he, did he stop selling forgiveness after that? No, he didn't because that was how St. Peter's Basilica was built. It was how it was oh, funded. Of course. It was funded by, you know, and this is the problem with um, when religion becomes corrupt and religion gets away from God, it becomes about money and power oh, it's and terrible. control. God is not about money, power and control. Can you still buy certificates like that, Lyle? Last time I was in Rome, I received an indulgence, one free indulgence. What, what, what does that mean? Does that mean you get to eat more ice cream attended, than you should? I attended Mass where um, Pope Francis was doing uh, Mass and I got one free indulgence. It was like one free sin. Really? Yeah, it came on a piece of paper. Came on the. It was on the program that I was handed when I went in. So if you committed a crime... Would you have been able to get away with that? Like, well, I think it was only for menial sin, not for mortal sin. What, like having double dessert? I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't actually <laughs> investigate that deeply because I take my sins to Jesus Christ, the one and only mediator. Amen. Let's have a quick song break. We're going to be right back after this.
You were listening to Sandra Enderman, All of Me, here on Faith FM, and we were just talking about forgiveness of sins and how a person in the Old Testament found forgiveness of sins. And we found there was no sacrifice for a sin if you knew it was a sin. Mm. But God wanted to illustrate how he dealt with all sin, and so he instituted the sin offering for ignorant sin. Ignorant sin. But it illustrates how God deals with all sin. However, let's look at a famous example of this. Let's think about King David. Did King David ever do anything wrong? Oh, totally. Totally did stuff wrong. But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, I've How can that be? I mean, I've heard people say that God only said that before he did like his, I suppose, bigger sort of billboardy sins. Does that mean that God didn't know what was going to happen? No... I think the way that David dealt with his sins and that he took them to the Lord, you know, you can read the Psalms about how he asked for forgiveness and his confession and his repentance. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. we can all be a person after God's own heart, regardless of what our background is, regardless of what we have done in the past. It all comes down to how we come to God. And God really wants to forgive our sins. Like he, he's, yes. That's his business. He wants to do it. I mean, he's already paid for them, so why wouldn't he, you know? It's like he's got free tickets to hand out, and people are like, oh, no, I'll pass on the free ticket. It's like, why would you pass on the free ticket? I know, you never pass on anything free, Mark. Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, so um, looking at this, uh, this concept then, let me ask you this. You talked about his billboard sins. What was his biggest billboard sin? Well, he did have that affair with Bathsheba. Was she was bad. married. He yep. was married. Yep. And then in order to cover it up when he got her pregnant, he had her husband killed. Okay, so that's pretty big. He was a murdering adulterer. I would say that there, we probably have a number of people who are listening in who have um, had affairs at different times. Mm-hmm. This is not that uncommon in our world today, mm-hmm. but I doubt that we have anyone listening who has then murdered the person's spouse to try and cover, cover it up. up. Yeah. Usually when that happens, it's a matter of trying to free themselves so they can be with that person all the time rather than to hide the sin. But anyway, it's a very rare occurrence when that happens. And David did this. So this was a really bad sin. So, okay, David lives in Old Testament times. How is he going to receive forgiveness for this sin? Well, it's not going to be through a sin sacrifice because he knew it was a naughty. He knew he was doing the wrong thing. He was willfully scheming. And plotting. So he can't bring a sacrifice for this, can he? No, not at all. David, after he came back to God and received forgiveness of his sins for what he did in this particular circumstance, wrote a psalm. Okay. He wrote a song about his experience with having an affair with Bathsheba and then murdering her husband and then receiving forgiveness. And there's a key phrase in that psalm. It's Psalms 51 and... For you who are listening in, this is your homework for today. Read Psalms 51. It is an amazing psalm, psalm of forgiveness. But Monica, read for us verse 16. Psalm 51 verse 16 says, You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. So what is it that David plainly says right here in relationship to what God wants in relationship to his sin? It's not an offering. Okay, it's not a sacrifice, it's not an offering. Mm. Because there is no sacrifice, there is no offering that he can bring to for this sin for that. because he knew it was wrong. Yeah. It's pretty hard not to know that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so he can't bring that, so what can he bring? What does the next verse say? The next verse says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. There you go. So David outlines it very, very clearly. There's no sacrifice for his sin. But there is forgiveness by having a broken, that's a repentant spirit. Mm -hmm. A spirit where you feel sorry, deeply, 
earnestly, sincerely sorry. Yeah. And God will not turn away from, from that. Amen. So a broken spirit and a repentant heart. There is no sin that God will not forgive if we come with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Maybe you've got some thoughts on this. 1-800-324-843 is our open line number. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or shoot us a text on 0491-064-669. And we will be able to, uh, yeah, love to hear your thoughts on... Contrition. Yeah, contrition mm. and repentance. We need to give out another quiz clue, don't yeah, we? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, right. so who am I? The first clue was, God told my husband to listen to whatever I said to him. <clears throat> the second clue was, I lied to the Lord. The third clue is, I mistreated my maidservant, Hagar. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know yeah, who that one just gave it up. Because when you said lied to the Lord, I'm thinking a woman who lied to the Lord. That's um, Sapphira. That's what I thought at first as well, Ananias and Sapphira, because we talked about them the other day. But Sapphira was, Ananias was never told to listen to Sapphira. Yeah, no. And so I'm like, what on earth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is going on here? Yeah, the reason I chose this person is because we talked extensively about uh, her and her husband uh, yesterday, I think it was. We did indeed. Yeah. We did indeed. And I'm actually surprised you didn't pick pick up on it sooner. Uh, rubbing it in now, are we? <laughs> if you think you know the answer to the quiz, you can call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. You can even email us on faithfm.com.au. Just jump on the website. Or you can... Facebook message us um, Faith FM Australia you can find us on Facebook just shoot us a message on the wall and we will send you the prize we're going to have uh, a CD to give out today yeah we are you know there's a passage that I'd like to leave with you all as we come to the end of our encounter with God and it comes from Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10 Monica could you find that one for us Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10 there's a wonderful concept that Paul brings out right here in the book of Galatians in relationship to forgiveness of sin and justification and salvation. But those who depend on the law to make them right under God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Okay, so in this passage here, the Bible says, you know, if we try and do it ourselves, that's impossible, so we're under a curse. And it directs us to Jesus Christ, who is the only one who can take away all of our sins. We will discuss more of that next week. Stay tuned. We are now going to be having a break, and then we'll be back with Darren Pratt, Family Matters, with our Family Matters segment. It's a new segment. We're really enjoying it, and we hope you enjoy it as well.
God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I wouldn't write that down. Yeah. Someone called it a care package there. (laughs) Wow. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're here with Darren Pratt and we're discussing family matters. And today we're discussing the gift of godly parents. You know, I'm a dad, I've got two children, and and I'm also a pastor. I love preaching. I love, love being up the front in church. But the research is very clear. Children are more likely to adopt the faith of their parents and be religious um, as much as their parents are religious. Christian Smith and Snell in their research um, called Souls in Transition found that parents turn out to be the single most important influence on the religious outcomes in the life of young adults. On the other hand, Teenage participation in evangelisation missions and youth groups does not predict a high level of religious um, belief just a few years later. There's a guy by the name of Vern Bengston, and most of his life was spent studying generations and studying faith and how it's passed on. He studied both religious parents and he studied atheist parents as well to see how that's passed on and he spent his whole life studying generation after generation after generation to see how this occurred what he says is that the influence within the home can be more powerful than forces at church school or in the society at large this was the same for both those who were religious and those that were not Children are more likely to adopt the faith of their parents and the religiousness of their parents. Children act on what they have seen in their parents' relationship with God and each other. So here's the challenge. My children are not just watching my seventh-day faith. They're watching my seven day faith how do I treat my wife when no one's watching how do I interact with my children and do I have the courage to show grace and to say I'm sorry when I get things wrong as a dad or how does God work for me when the chips are down when I've had a really hard day and when life's not going that well, how does God work for me then? And that is the kind of faith that our children are watching. Not the flashy, dust off the Bible, go to church, dress in my best clothes, 
flashy church faith is my 24-7 living faith that my children are more likely to adopt. And that's the scary news for me as a dad, but also the good news, because I can make a difference. Our children are not looking for perfect parents. They're looking for authentic parents who trust God, who make mistakes and are forgiven and model the kingdom values of justice and mercy and forgiveness and and serving and loving others. That's the faith our children want to see. Jeremy 6, 4-12 says to parents to talk about these things when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. God wants to make a difference in our 24-7 living. How does that work for you today? You're listening to Family Matters on Faith FM with Darren Pratt.
That was Audrey Sad. I wonder as I wonder here on Faith FM, and we have the quiz clue. No, we haven't answered the quiz. <laughs> we do. Yes. Go on. But, but there's an answer to yesterday's quiz. <laughs> it is. Someone has called through. Good work, Daniela. She got the um, she got the clue right. The uh, the quiz right yesterday. The answer was lot. Why did that what? happen, Lyle? Because she's listening to the delayed, delayed broadcast. broadcast. So there is a solution if you are listening to the delayed broadcast. If you are in an area where you are listening to the d- delayed broadcast, you need to get the TuneIn app and listen to the live broadcast. So mm-hmm. you just download. The TuneIn app to your phone, that way you can play it through whatever speakers that you've got to have Bluetooth or in your car or has an aux cord or, you know, anything like that. And you have so much better reception that way and or you can listen simply via faithfm.com.au. Yeah, just press play on the on the website. I think, I think we should send her a prize anyway. Yeah, let's send her a prize anyway. Don't do it for delayed broadcast listeners. Don't count on it. We'll just do this as a one-off. Yes, yeah. So, and the TuneIn app is free to download. You just need to search for Faith FM Australia once you've got it up and running on your device. And uh, yeah, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. And you can take part in all our quizzes and giveaways live when when we're doing it. So absolutely. So clue for. We must be getting down to the easy question. We are getting down. Okay, so who am I? God told my husband to listen to whatever I said to him. Two, I lied to the Lord. Three, I mistreated my maidservant Hagar. And four... Wait, wait, wait. So she said the right thing to her husband and the wrong thing to God. She said the truth to her husband and lied to God. Okay, anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're quite right there. And um, so number three was I mistreated my maidservant Hagar. And the fourth clue is I am the wife of Abraham. Oh, if you can't get it from that, you have a problem. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0419-064-669. Send us a message on Facebook and there is a prize coming your way. Today's question of the day, Monica. Oh, what did we get? What did they ask? Okay, so a listener has sent this one in what's the difference between a temple and a synagogue that is a very good question have you ever been in a synagogue i don't think i have have you i've been in a few synagogues oh yeah yeah what's it like yeah it's cool yeah okay so the difference between a temple and a synagogue is very very straightforward really Mm -hmm. the temple of god could only be one building in one place okay a synagogue was designed to be a building that is everywhere, you know, in lots of different places. So the temple was one building in one place, and that was where sacrifices were made mm-hmm. and the, all of the services and the ceremonies and the rituals of the temple were carried out in mm-hmm. that particular location. And you would have to travel there to sacrifice or to um, you know, participate in one of the festivals, one of the annual festivals and so forth that was centered around the temple. So the temple was an area of sacrifice and worship. Okay. The synagogue, on the other hand, was just like church. It was a teaching place. Oh, and churches can pop up everywhere. Like yeah, a, that's right. Like a chain event almost. Yeah, exactly. We don't have a temple today because the sacrificial system no longer exists. Mm-hmm. But we have the equivalent of a synagogue, which is a church. Okay. Now, of course, the, the the service would be very different in a synagogue to be to, for instance, than in a church. So, in church, you know, we have a, a, a fairly structured worship service. A synagogue in the time of Christ was somewhere where you went on the Sabbath day. That's what Jesus did every Sabbath day. The Bible says, and you sat down and you read the Bible and you sat around and discussed the Bible together. Just a quick question: mm-hmm. Are there any te- uh, temples anywhere anywhere today? Not Jewish temples. No. Or active ones. There are there are many pagan temples, um, non-Christian, non-Jewish temples, I should say, but not 
Christian ones. We'll be right back after this song.
That was Anna Beden, Genuine Love, here on Faith FM. And Monica, we have something to give away for today. Mm. What is it we're giving, we're giving away today? This is a very interesting one. Another one that I kind of want to keep for myself. It's a book called Montana Bullwhacker by CeCe Rouse. So what is a bullwhacker? I'm thinking some kind of <laughs> cowboy right there. Yeah. So this is an old a, school adventure like it's, story. It's got to be It's got to be an American story right there. I mean, yeah. apart from the fact that it says Montana, but... It's a great adventure story. Like those old sort of, you know, boys' adventure story so it's a bit like that but it's a true story okay and it's uh it's about um elisha rouse the the author incidentally and uh and his story uh as one of the original settlers of bosman montana and uh, and how he learned to survive in the hostile environment of the western frontier it has all kinds of stuff like uncharted territories rugged cowboys hostile indians and violent outlaws oh wow this sounds like a full-on western right here sounds like a good weekend read yeah it does it, it does <laughs> now i'm thinking this person was a christian man Ah, uh, yes. It, it's very elusive as to what it is that he learns in his life uh, living like this. Um, so I have to read the book to find out. Yeah, yeah. So his testimony, his must, story. Yeah, exactly. His testimony, I'm guessing God saves him from a lot of these uh, treacherous encounters that he has. But if you would like to get a copy of this and you can maybe spend your weekend reading this, give us a call. Be the first caller through 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's been good reading weather lately. It has been. It's excellent. All we need Here one in of those, the Newcastle area. We need one of those weighted blankets. Yes. Cuddle in bed and read the Montana the rain bullwhacker. dumping down outside at night. And it will be a good way to go to sleep. Mm, indeed. Instead of reading a screen, read a book. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world to your quality of sleep that we were talking about earlier on in the program. So 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. If you would like to get a copy of the Montana Bullwhacker, be the first person through. Or you can text us. 0491 You can even Facebook message us, I guess, Faith FM Australia. And if you're the first one through, we will send that to you free of charge. Okay, and of course, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, then give us a call because we always like to help out people who want to know more about the Bible. There is the best thing in the world you can ever do is to study your Bible. So if you'd like to study one-on-one with somebody else who is a Bible instructor, then give us a call. If you'd like to be part of a small group in your area, then also give us a call. Or if you would like to study by correspondence or online through the Discovery Center, then you know where to get in contact with us 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or you can send a message to our Facebook page and we will put you in contact with um, somebody right there who will be able to help you out with that. Monica, what have we got coming up after this? We've got some more great programming and for our live listeners, we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend and for our delayed listeners, I hope you have a great Monday. Take care. Please